Welcome to Thrive in Design, a podcast about making money in beautiful interiors as it relates to product-based businesses in the interior design industry. Each week, we'll discuss innovative strategies on how to approach product development and design sales in a shifting market. I'm your host, Nicole Lachey-Ben. Welcome to another episode of the Thrive in Design podcast. I am really excited about today's episode. Our guest today is one of my closest and dearest friends, Sasha Denisov. Sasha is currently a senior sales representative at Lutron. After graduating with her Bachelor of Fine Arts and Interior Design from Syracuse University in 2012, Sasha leaped into a career in the design and construction industry. In her current role at Lutron, her focus is on driving sales within the home automation market. Based in Toronto, Canada, Sasha works closely with the A&D community, builders, and contractors to offer lighting solutions and luxury residences. In this conversation with Sasha, I hope to gain some insight into sales strategies and the things that sales representatives need to do to exceed their sales goals. Welcome to the show, Sasha. Thanks so much, Nicole. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yes. So let's get into this. So Sasha, we have had a long history, right, with our friendship and where we met at Syracuse University. So before you came to Syracuse, what actually interested you in studying interior design? I've always loved design. I've always loved art. Um, I'll be honest with you. When I was growing up, I had an affinity for drawing and painting. And it was very hard for me to actually pick um, a specific focus. So actually, my mom here was super instrumental because she was the one who really made me take a look at interior design and really shift my focus into that direction. So I'm really very, very happy to have my mom a part of my life. She was absolutely right. And, you know, I really, really love the design industry and I love where I am currently. Right. So as you were having this interest in art as a child, when your mom kind of like shifted that focus and said, Sasha, maybe you should think about interior design. What did you think about it at the time? Because, you know, for me, when I first was introduced into interior design, I thought, okay, maybe this is residential, but I had no idea of all the different facets of the industry. At 18 year old, Sasha, when you're like going to college, what was on your mind of what that would look like? I, to be honest, had a pretty good of what interior design should look like because my mom was an interior designer at the time. So whenever she was drawing or really working on projects, I, you know, would, would come, come by, take a look at what she was doing. So she mainly focused on residential interior design. And to your point, there's so many other facets, which I'll be honest with you, at the time, I didn't even realize existed. So it was definitely very mind, mind opening and uh, a very interesting, everything that we learned at, in university really gave me a new perspective of what design is. That's interesting. I had no idea that your mom was an interior designer before. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So it got, to, it got to really like inspire you and shape what you were going to do in your career path. Absolutely. I think my career turned a bit into more, more sales oriented later on, like the spark was there from, from her projects. And, and to your point, she definitely inspired me. Right, 
Right. And both of us have like had this career in sales, right? So we went to Syracuse, we got our degrees in interior design, but for the most part, our careers have been focused on the sales side of the industry. So let's talk about that. As you jumped into sales, where did you start? And then where are you now? So tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. So after graduating from Syracuse, I moved to New York and My first job, I was really trying to get any job that I could at the time, was for a construction management company. So that's really where I started. I was there for about a year and a half, and then I had to move to Toronto because of some other reasons. And that's where I actually started uh, with my sales career. And I actually started working a retail job because coming to Toronto, I needed to make money. I needed to pay my rent, of course. So without even knowing it, right, I was just looking for a way to make money. So I embarked on this path of sales and realized how much I loved it. And then down the line, I wanted to merge my design background and my sales experience together. And, and really that's, that's where I am today. And I love that you're sharing a little bit about your experience after college. Cause I know for me, sometimes potential employers might look at the early stages of our careers and they're like, well, why weren't you at this place for forever? Or what made you do that? And sometimes it's all about like at the end of the day, we just needed a job. And at the end of the day, we were fresh out of college trying to figure it out. And as we're figuring out where we're finding that path in sales was that has been that for you. So now you're a senior sales representative at Lutron. So what does your role kind of entail? What does your day to day look like? Yeah, absolutely. My day-to-day is um, always very different, which is what I love about my job. Right now, I'm currently managing really all of our residential systems and sales within Toronto and the greater Toronto area. So here I work with builders, contractors, designers, you name it, really to enhance the reputation of Lutron, to show them our new product launches. At the end of the day, we're not installers. We have our own third-party contractors who actually go on site and install. But it's really sharing what Lutron does, how we do it, and how it can be implemented on projects. And I'm familiar with Lutron, but for people who might be listening and they're like, what is Lutron? What kind of products do they have? Tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. So with Lutron, we started off in 1959 and the founder of our company actually invented the first residential dimmer, which is very, very exciting and motivating for all of us. He is right actually next to Edison in the Smithsonian. So we're very, very proud of that. And those were our humble beginnings. And now we're a worldwide company and we focus not only on controls, lighting control, we also do automated shading solutions and we also focus on lighting. So really those three facets, which at the end of the day, give our clients a full light management system. So really controlling the natural light coming in as well as the artificial light within our own spaces. Right. And that's really important. And it's funny to me too, that sometimes lighting is the one thing that's overlooked, especially in school, right? We didn't learn a lot about lighting, but with interior design, a designer can choose all the best finishes, all the best furniture, all the best wall coverings. And if it's not lit properly, or even sometimes dimmed properly to set that mood and illuminate the finishes in the space, the space could look completely horrible, (laughs) right? Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. 
And there's so many issues, which I'm sure everybody has experienced when it comes to dimming with lights flickering, things really not looking the way that the designer had intended, or even the homeowner, right? Uh, to your point, lighting is such an important part of the design process. And unfortunately, sometimes it gets overlooked. But hopefully, uh, you know, here I am to really make a change in the industry. So I'm really excited about that. But yes, to your point, Lighting is absolutely one of the most essential things that sometimes gets overlooked, but is key in making the space look as it was intended to look. Exactly, exactly. So we talked a little bit about all the different sides of the interior design industry. I know, I don't know about you, Sasha, but when I tell my friends who are not familiar with the interior design industry that I work in this industry, they assume that I'm picking out pillows and curtains for people's apartments all the time. Does that happen for you? Uh, it sometimes, yes, happens to me. I, I think, yes, people don't really always know how to differ differentiate between uh, decorating and designing, which is unfortunate, but we're here to make a difference every single day and, and explain the differences to them. Exactly. And then one of the sides that we talked about that we're in and that we're diving into today is sales. So for those of you who are listening, the interior design industry is robust, right? There are so many different facets, but essentially there are interior designers and architects they, and there are interior product companies. And those are the companies that are manufacturing and distributing all the products that make up the design, right? So that architect, that designer, when they have a project with a client, they have to source materials from all over the place. Now we're talking with Sasha here who works at Lutron. So she might be uh, offering the controls, the lightings, the shades that you're talking about for those designs. And as a salesperson, she has to position her products to those designers so that they know the value that they're getting when they're putting it in the space, right? So Sasha, for sales and as you're like positioning products and representing that brand, what do you find most interesting about working in sales in also most challenging. Yeah, absolutely. What I definitely find most interesting is the fact that every day is different. Working for a manufacturer, we do often launch products. And because we are in the technology industry, those products and that technology changes at such a rapid speed, right? So we always have to stay ahead of the game in order to stay relevant. So I think that the most interesting and motivating part of, of my job is the fact that I'm constantly learning and I can give other people that same knowledge, right? Whenever a new product is launched, that's absolutely the first thing that I take to my specifiers. So I, at the end of the day, am creating value in that way. You know, even if they're not currently working on a project, they always know that they can reach out to me. So I think the, the newness and the change is, is really what motivates me. And in terms of the most challenging part, I mean, right now during COVID, the most challenging part really is reconnecting with people, even connecting with people. So many people have so many things going on, right, with their children at home, with also other different challenges that they're facing that I think that right now, with not being able to connect physically, right, being able to show people samples or finishes, it's, it's been a tough go. At the same time, what I find the most challenging, if we're not talking about COVID, is the fact that not being portrayed as a salesperson. Everybody who really, you know, think about when they think about salespeople, they think about, you know, overbearing 
trying to push something down people's throat. That's absolutely something that I always try to stay away from. And that's something that I constantly on a daily basis remind myself of uh, whenever I'm doing presentations, whenever I'm reaching out to people. So, you know, when you when you constantly have to do something every day and, and, and make yourself better than you were yesterday, that is definitely something that that is one of the most challenging aspects for me, because I know we all try to be better, but really working on yourself is, is I think, the most challenging aspect of really becoming a better, a better professional. Right. And that kind of reminds me of how I look at the sales process, too. So with Thrive and Design, I really want to focus on the designer's experience with an interior product company, right? So if we have the interior product company who is ultimately trying to get the sale and get their products into the end user space, that designer really is like going along that journey with that interior product company to, you know, get familiar with the product, specify the product, eventually the product is ordered and installed. That process, I I kind of broke it down into three parts, right? So the first part is appearing. So how is that interior product company appearing in the market? So that could be through trade shows, through their website, through uh, marketing materials that they're pushing out, whether that be online or physical samples. The second part of that is consulting. So how is the sales team really consulting designers and being of value during their specification process. And the third part is executing. So how is that company actually executing the sale so that it's a wonderful experience and people continue to want to come back? If you caught that, ACE was (laughs) appearing, consulting, and executing, right? But a part of what you're saying right now is really falls into that consulting part. In a pre-COVID world, it's like, how do you show up to that designer create value for them and consult them on their project. And then this COVID world is like, how do we then translate that into an experience that is sometimes digital, sometimes like captivating and keeps them coming back. In your experience, I know you said it was a little bit challenging for you pre-COVID to not show up as like this salesy person and pushing them. But what are some things that you do to show value as a sales rep in 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 the products that you're representing. Yeah, absolutely. As I already stated, the learning process is so important. So before I answer that question, Nicole, I just want to tell you something and and your audience, something that internally we do as a sales team. Mm -hmm. So in Canada, there are about six of us and on the residential team. And what we actually have in place is we've created a book club for ourselves. And we do this book club once a week. So I'm so, so sorry, once a month. That makes more sense. Once a month. And we really focus on sales strategies driving and delivering value in ways that will ultimately benefit whoever we're working with, right? The client, the specifier, the homeowner. Through this book club, we figured out that there are really different um, strategies and schools of thought, right? As when you are presenting your product or, or whatever it is that you have. The first school of thought is the consultative selling, right? So this is going to the meeting and trying to understand what your client is looking for, trying to understand their needs and really going into detail with all the questions that you're asking. That's the first school of thought. The second school of thought is coming to the meeting prepared, already knowing what your client needs. I've definitely tried out both of these approaches. And I think the second one is definitely more effective. And I'll definitely go into more detail about that right now. So I can talk about some of the books that that we've been reading as well, which are very, very good. So 
when it comes to my meetings, what I would, what I like to do and what I've found most successful is being prepared, already knowing what their wants are, what their desires are, what their challenges are, and coming to the meeting prepared and without asking too many questions, just really presenting basically our product and really showing them how it will battle the challenges that they're already facing. That has been very, very successful for me. Again, with this strategy, it requires a lot of preparation. Not only do you have to know who your client is, right? You have to know their position within, within the company, how long they've been there, what they're working on, what their challenges are. I mean, all of these things, again, like you have to do a lot of research beforehand. You have to know uh, what the market is like, what other specifiers who are doing a similar type of project are looking for what their challenges are. So you have to look at the bigger picture as well as, you know, their individual needs and come prepared with a solution. Not only do you have to come prepared with a solution, you also have to come prepared with any questions or, or really with a list because you know there are going to be rebuttals. You know there are going to be objections to whatever you're selling or really trying to show them so that they implement it in their projects. So not only do you have to be prepared with knowing what their challenges are, you also have to be prepared with knowing how to address all of those objections that you will inevitably get. So I think the process is, you know, a lot more involved than people think it is. So that has been my approach lately, and it really has been working and I, I've been quite successful. But again, as I said, a lot of preparation is involved. Yes, I love that you broke it down like that, Sasha, because sometimes I'll see sales reps approach the conversation with with neither of those things. <laughs> and they're just like, we have a new product launch. Let me get in there to just you know, go on and on and on about what I have to offer. And sometimes that is the case, you know, because people want to be updated and learn more. But it's super important to your point to come prepared. I know for me in my life as a sales representative, I always take that approach. That's usually led to my biggest sales. I was working on a project a couple of years ago when I worked at Coraseal, where the designer actually thought of me just for one product that she had in her design. But I did time to, you know, research that product project, understand, you know, what their design style was, what their needs for other parts of the, the hotel that they were working on were. And so when I went there, I actually was able to present other options for them, right? And so instead of them just going for that one wall covering, right, for the bathrooms in the hotel room, I was able to, you know, get hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue for that one sale. So I love that you broke that down. So Sasha, you also mentioned some books. So I would love for you to share what books you guys are reading and what you would recommend. Absolutely. So one of the really best books, I mean, this is again, my personal opinion that we've really discussed and, and looks into that process of coming to the uh, meeting prepared. It's called the challenger sale. It's by Matthew Dixon and Brenda Adamson. It's absolutely, it's a great read. Another read that was suggested to us, which is a very, very short read, but a good read is Who Moved My Cheese by Dr. Spencer Johnson. So if you're not familiar with Who Moved My Cheese, it's the number one bestseller. It has been for many, many years. And it really talks about the importance of being open-minded and of being flexible, right? Things change, things change all the time. 
And, you know, like there, there are different people who, and there are different personalities, right? Who, there are people who sit back. There are people who, you know, expect the change. There are other people and other personality types. When they get an assignment, they just go and do it, right? So this book really focuses on knowing that change will inevitably happen, right? If you're comfortable now, it doesn't mean you're going to be comfortable five years from now. So really expecting that change and um, knowing your market and just in your mind and in your mindset, being flexible for that change, because that's really ultimately going to set you up for success. And uh, last but not least, right now, what we're reading is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Also a very, very good read, which was actually, he, he wrote this book many, many decades ago, but it's been rewritten to incorporate examples that are more relatable to us in this day and age. It was actually rewritten by his wife. And it's again, very, very good. It's about, as the title would say, how to win friends and influence people, really how to put your best foot forward and really present yourself in a way that's gonna be agreeable. And it gives many incredible examples of people being successful just by knowing how to speak to people, right? What to say, what their approach is, right? It's less about, this book is less about the product and talking about your solution and more about you as a person, how to present yourself, how to speak to people, how to treat other people. So it's it's very, very good. So yeah, uh, those are the three, the three books that I really wanted to discuss during our talk today, Nicole. They're very good and I highly recommend them. Definitely. I'll have to put a couple of those on my reading list. I have read Who Moved My Cheese, but definitely need to bring it back out of the closet because it's been years since I last read it. So I love all of those resources. Sasha, if if you were to go back in time, what advice would you give yourself starting in sales? I would say be patient, first and foremost. I think I would also say we all get, and, and I would recommend this to whether you're a salesperson or not, we all get, if you care about your job, you get very involved in the details, in the big picture, in the small picture, you name it. And things come up, things come up that are challenging, that will make you want to react in a certain way. Sometimes that way may not be absolutely appropriate for the situation. So I think what I've learned 10 years in is if I see an email that I don't necessarily like or necessarily agree with, I put it to the side, I sleep on it, and then I take a look at it the next day. The next day, I already have a different perspective on it because I think what we're trying to get out of ultimately the people that we work with, whether it's a colleague, whether it's a customer, we would like to impact their behavior in a certain way. Being very dismissive or stating whatever opinion you have may not lead to the resolution that you want. So again, it's about stepping back, taking a deep breath and and waiting it out a bit, right? Thinking about the situation and ultimately how you can respond to not only, of course, benefit you and the solution, but really keep that project going. Because at the end of the day, you know, you're looking to have a result and that result can always be achieved. It's really how you react to it and how you guide the person to really be more agreeable with with how you see things at the end of the day. 
So I think, you know, being patient, sleeping on whatever big decision or whatever you dislike. Again, this is less sales related and more, more interpersonal relationships related. But at the end of the day, everything is sales, right? Like you're always going to talk to different people. You're going to collaborate with different people, whether you're an engineer, whether you're an architect, whether you're a lawyer, right? You're always surrounded by people and you want to work within a team setting and collaborate with people. And you have to know how to react in a positive way, in a professional way that will really keep the project moving and and hopefully benefit the entire situation. No, Sasha, I'm definitely going to have to have you back on because this has been amazing. You shared so many good things today. We'll we'll put a pin in that. (laughs) Come back for another episode in the next season because I I just have so much more that I want to ask you. But if people want to connect with you after this, how can they reach you? Absolutely. So they can reach out to me directly through my LinkedIn account. It's Sasha Denisov. I also have, I collaborate with my counterpart and we have a spectacular Instagram account for Lutron. It's called Lutron Toronto. And it really showcases our residential solutions. So those are the two ways. Or if you would like to add me on Instagram, my personal Instagram is underscore Sasha Denisov. I would love to connect with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sasha. I loved chatting with you about all things sales because I know usually we're catching up on a personal basis, but this has been amazing today. So thank you. Thank you so, so much. It's my pleasure. Thanks for joining us this week on Thrive in Design. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Thrive in Design. And for more strategies on how your product company can innovate in the interior design industry, head to training.thriveindesign.co. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to create captivating content. See you next week.